The scripture reading this morning is <clears throat> taken from James chapter 3. The scripture reading this morning is taken from James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. I'm reading from the NIV version. Taming the tongue. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault is what they say is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouths come praise and cursing, My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. Me and my big mouth. I shouldn't have said that. Why did I say that? If I just kept my mouth shut, it would have been okay. Have you ever regretted saying something or have you ever posted something online and wish you hadn't? Just a few weeks ago, in fact, in my sermon, I made a joke. And though I meant something very different from my joke, I got an email later on that week on how that joke could have been taken in a very different way. I never meant that joke to be about anything else than the silliness and the irony of the situation. But once this person pointed out how the joke could have been taken, I quickly realized, man, what was I thinking? It's so obvious that it could have been taken that way. Me and my big mouth. I didn't even have to say that joke. That joke was just off the cuff and it was not worth the trouble it caused. So if I did offend anyone, I am truly sorry for what I said. It was not what I meant by that joke. We live in a world where a simple 140 to 280 characters uh, in a tweet can ruin your life. It doesn't take but a few words to make you lose your job, to be ostracized on social media, And as the young people would call it these days, to be canceled. It shows us the truth of how powerful our words can be. Our tongue, which is compared to the rest of our body, so small, 
can have such a huge impact on our lives. And this is what James is talking about here in our passage today. James equates our tongue to a bit that could turn the whole animal to that of a rudder on a boat that controls where the ship wants to go. Our words can change and direct the course of our lives. Our words can build relationships or tear down relationships. It can help us get jobs or lose jobs. It is how we express ourselves and how we live in this world. And when I was reading up about this cancel culture, I read about a story that shows how devastating our words can be. One young person shares her story in a New York Times article. It took some time for Elle to understand that she had been canceled. She was 15 and had just returned to a school she used to attend. All the friends I had previously had through middle school completely cut me off, she said, ignored me, blocked me on everything, would not even look at me. Months went by. Toward the end of sophomore year, she reached out over Instagram to a former friend, asking why people were not talking to her. It was lunchtime. The person she asked was sitting in the cafeteria with lots of people, and so they all piled on. It was like an avalanche, El said. Within a few minutes, she got a torrent of direct messages from the former friend on Instagram, relaying what they had said. One said she was a smooch. One said she was annoying and petty. One person said that she had ruined her self-esteem. Another said that Elle was an emotional leech who was thirsty for validation. This put me in a situation where I thought I had done all these things, Elle said. I was bad. I deserved what was happening. Two years have passed since then. You can do something stupid when you're 15, say one thing, and 10 years later, that shapes how people perceive you, she said. We all do cringy things and make dumb mistakes and whatever. But social media's existence has brought that into a place where people can take something you did back then and make it who you are now. In her junior year, Elle said things got better. Still, that rush of messages and that social uh, isolation have left a lasting impact. I'm very prone to questioning everything I do, she said. Is this annoying anyone? Is this upsetting someone? I have issues with trusting perfectly normal things, she said. That sense of me being some sort of monster, terrible person, burden to everyone, has stayed with me to some extent. There's still this sort of lingering sense of, what if I am? James chapter 3, 5 to 6. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of, a world of evil amongst the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Sets, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. This story is an example of the power of our words and how a few simple words can change the course of someone's life. For this student, her, her world was set on fire and it must have felt like hell for her. A hurtful comment, a sly remark, gossip, our words can set the world on fire. It is even more important now than ever 
to be careful in how we use our words. The tongue not only controls the direction of our lives, it is something that we cannot control ourselves. James uses the example of how human beings have been able to control all manner of animals, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. One thing I want to point out here is that our words and our our tongue in itself is not evil. It is good. It is part of God's creation and therefore good. Yet Yet what James is saying here is a hyperbole of the kind of evil our words can inflict on others. James's point here is, is that not only does the tongue control the course of our lives, we ourselves cannot control the tongue. Whether it's to get a quick laugh or because of an awkward silence or out of anger, we say stuff we don't mean or don't even want to say. Sometimes you just get tongue-tied and say something that doesn't even make sense. Have you ever met someone new or you're in not in your comfort zone and you say something and afterwards think, why did I say that? Jimmy Fallon has a segment on a show called Hashtags. And one of the hashtags he brings up is called, why did I say that? And here are a few. So Angel Steve 89 says, getting a haircut, a barber asked me, what do you do for a living? I said, advertising. What about you? He replied, I am a barber. Why did I say that? Harbinger uh, says, job interview, me. Hi, how are you? Interviewer, great, how are you? Me, I'm good, how are you? Why did I say that? Mopage19 says, got on the elevator with someone that I thought, oh, I should go through these. Yeah, that's, that's the one about uh, asking, how are you again? And then Mo page 19 says, got on the elevator with someone that I thought I rode with earlier. I said, we meet again. It wasn't the same person. Why did I say that? Me and my big mouth. Not only can we not control what we say when we are making a joke or just in normal conversations, there are times where we can't control what we say, whether it's in criticizing someone or in anger. And I'm a culprit of this problem. In my anger, I blurt out things that I don't mean or criticize or judge people and say things that I should not say. I'm sure this has never happened to you, but you're driving down the road, and someone cuts you off on the road, and, you, and so you drive up beside them to give them a piece of your mind. And you quickly realize that this person has no idea that he cut you off. So obviously, this person has zero intent uh, in cutting you off. It wasn't on purpose, and he didn't even realize that he did so. And when that happens, I feel, pretty, I feel silly that and think to myself why did i get so angry why did i want to lash out at this person who just made a mistake and didn't even realize that he did why do i want to say things out of anger that isn't who i want to be 
James 3, chapter 9 to 10, verses 9 to 10. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. James says that we praise God with our mouths and then we curse human beings. How can we do such a thing? How do we praise and bless God with our mouths and then curse the very beings that God has made in his likeness? How can I say I love God and and should also love others and then turn around and yell at a driver? This should not be. Yet this is the truth, isn't it? We do praise God in one breath and then curse the very image bearers of God with another. And James gets to the heart of the matter in verse 12. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Remember when Greg introduced the letter of James to us, he, re- he mentioned how a lot of what James says sounds like Jesus. Let me read you two more passages from Jesus that, ref- that relate to this passage. Luke chapter 6, 43 to 45. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes bushes, or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of a good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Matthew 12, 33 to 37. Make a tree good and his fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment, for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. These are very powerful and hard words from Jesus. James is echoing what Jesus said about our tongues. What comes out of our mouths is what comes from within our hearts. It is something that is in us that causes us to spew out sarcastic remarks, criticism, and hate. It's what's inside us that causes us to spread rumors, to gossip, to boast about our accomplishments. It's what's in our hearts that comes out in bitterness and anger. Instead of blaming others, blaming the situation, or even blaming our big mouths, we need to look within ourselves and take a hard look in the mirror to ask ourselves, How is our heart? Out of our mouths come what's inside our hearts. So just to recap what James is saying here, words are powerful and can redirect the whole course of our lives and and control control our lives. We ourselves cannot control our tongues, tongues. 
just like I can't control mine right now. And lastly, what we say reveal what's inside our hearts. And I think this is where we need to focus our time on as we think about what this passage means for us and how we are to live it up. It's really easy for us to jump from this talk to say, okay, let's try to control what we say and we'll, we'll try to do better. Yes, yeah, sure, it's good to be careful with our words and we're to be slow to, uh, um, quick to listen and slow to speak. But I think what the more helpful focus here is to ask ourselves the question of what's inside our hearts. While I was working on this sermon and reflecting on how I respond to those who do not drive as well as I do, I started to ask the question, what is it in me that causes me to respond in this way? What's inside me that makes me so angry that wants, wants to be so confrontational? Why do I want to confront people who break rules when I break, my, break, break rules myself? What is it in me that needs to change in order for me to speak the words that are a blessing and not a curse? What, what you say is a heart matter. It's not just about curbing what you say, as, as that only deals with the symptom of the problem and does not address the cause of the problem, which is our hearts. What comes out of our mouth reflect the state of our hearts. Don't look outside of yourself and point fingers at others. Look inward to your heart and recognize that your words are what comes from within. The good news for us, though, is that God is the one who will put a new heart in us. He is the one that will work in us and give us new hearts. Ezekiel chapter 36, 26 to 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove, remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. As we give up control to Jesus, he is the one who will give us new hearts. It is not our job to change our hearts, but to give space for God to give us new hearts. One last thing before we end is that we talked about how our tongues are made to be good. That means our words don't have the potential of causing uh, great harm, it also has the potential of bringing good news of goodness and blessing to others. It can change someone's demeanor and attitude just as quickly. This one time on Young Street, I was driving up north, and a car turned into my lane. And because I was driving at a safe but yet a swift speed, I couldn't brake and had to swerve out of the way so that I wouldn't get into an accident. I'm at the next set of lights, and I see him coming behind me in the rearview mirror and coming beside me. And I'm ready to give it to him, to say something like, watch where you're going, buddy. And as he got beside me, he said, Oh, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't know. I didn't realize you were there, and and I cut you off. I'm sorry for that. And my demeanor changed drastically and quickly. I went from being ready to pounce on him and and 
and tell them off to, oh, yeah, no worries, no problem. We all make mistakes. I was so ready to be combative, but this person's few words, a few nice words, changed my attitude. Yes, he was still in the wrong, but he was able to calm me down and change the way I approached him. In the same way, we who bless the creator of all things have the ability to so love and bless others with our words. As we give space for God to work in our hearts, may we overflow with words of love and blessing to others. Let's pray. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. And as I I praise you, may my praise turn into a blessing for others. God, you do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart. God, you will not despise. Amen.